the Redbird Report. I'm your host, Scott Prieros, as always with me today. I have Reed Watkins, as usual, and then along with Reed, I have uh, my sports reporter, Jacob Urich. How's it going today, guys? It's going pretty good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Really good. Ready to get to St. Louis. Yeah, big week ahead of us, a big week behind us as well, but we're going to start talking about some men's basketball, um, starting with Illinois State. Uh, they finally ended that losing streak. Uh, big win over Evansville. Um, I would say they didn't look great in the first half at all. I mean, they led by five or whatever it was at halftime, but regardless, they did not look good. Um, their offense just wasn't there. Evansville was getting looks that they just weren't knocking down, so I think that game could have been a little worse early on. But um, they come back in the second half, and they played regardless of opponent. I think that was one of their best halves, in, halves of basketball in quite some time. I mean, the Murray State game had its moments, but... That was one of their best halves of basketball since maybe the UIC or Southern Illinois game back at the end of January, early February. It, like I said, regardless of opponent, I think they were just doing everything right. Seneca Knight, when he's playing like that, this team becomes hard to beat. Um, but you look at the – so you're playing I first. Um, you lost those two games by a combined eight points in the regular season. It's a very beatable team. If you're – as a Redbirds, you're probably thinking that you know you can win this game. It's just a matter of can you execute and – it's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, in their first matchup, uh, Burford, Lewis, and Knight combined for 10 points. And then in that second matchup, Knight and Burford had uh, 30 combined, but Lewis was scoreless. Uh, it's going to be hard for the trio to all have great games, but as long as one of them is, uh, isn't is going to go scoreless, I think they're going to have a great chance. Uh, but they just their biggest thing is just not turning the ball over. You just... I mean, you're doing it to yourself at, at that point. So um, as long as those three uh, have at least decent games and they don't turn over the ball, I think there's a really good chance they walk out uh, Thursday with a win. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the key for Illinois State's success is um, Liam McChesney. And I it think, just might be. I think he's been the question mark all year. Um and when he's on, they're definitely a better team. I mean, you saw that. He just makes the offense so much more versatile. Yeah, you saw that Sunday. I mean, when he got going in that second half, he powered a run, um, along with some other big momentum plays. I mean, I think they had three dunks in that half. The Kendall, the fast break dunk where I think Seneca got the steal, passed mm -hmm. it up to Burford, and Burford, like, off-balance, lobbed it to Lewis. That mm -hmm. was something else. Yeah, it was a lot of momentum. And I think McChesney is going to be their biggest influx of momentum i think yeah. he might be there if i'm sure they count dunks as a stat he might be have the most dunks this year because he he goes for them sometimes he does he does and he missed one uh sunday that would have i absolutely turned things up in seth q arena i don't know if you remember in bradley i think it was mm -hmm. in peoria when he had like the poster i put in quotes around dunk because he was like it was like over Leon's, I think it was, or was it Henry? It might have been Henry, but he like mm -hmm. didn't actually dunk. He kind of just threw it into the hoop. But yeah, yeah, I mean, insane. he does bring an energy to this team when he's on. However, there are moments where he just hits a lull, and then I think when he's fully healthy, he's such an asset to this team because his defensive ability. He's not necessarily on the level of like in women's basketball, Kate Bowman can guard one through five, and I'm not necessarily saying Liam McChesney can, but when he does get beat by a guard, his ability to recover and then get the block is incredible. I mean, there's not many players like him on the team, 
And you're right. I think that's going to be really vital. I think you talked about uh, Seneca and Darius. They're really big for this team. And then Kendall Lewis obviously hit a couple lulls throughout the season. But this final month and a half-ish of the season, I think Kendall Lewis has been really good. I mean, he had the three-game stretch where he had about four combined points. And then he had 16 against Bradley. And since then, he's averaging like 13 points. And I think it's like eight and a half rebounds over the past month and a half. So he's been a big help. But I think... When ISU is playing its best basketball, they can compete with absolutely any team in this conference. I don't know if I would say that they can beat any team in this conference. I think playing Drake, Drake's best against ISU's best, I think it's pretty clear Drake has, is the better team. But in March, anything can happen. Definitely. And um, I think one thing that kind of holds this team back is their ability to string wins together. Obviously, you have to get past Northern Iowa, but um, they their longest win streak is three games, which they did. Um, one time this year, and I think they had two two-game win streaks, so um, two or three. And outside of that, um, they're not a team that has shown an ability to uh, consistently go out on the court and put their best product out there multiple times in a row. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for this team um, in terms of advancing this tournament. But obviously the matchup in front of them is Northern Iowa, a team they are 0-2 against this year. Yeah, I would agree, definitely. Um, so I think we're going to shift focus a little bit, uh, talk about the actual Arch Madness itself, and look at some of the teams that we think are probably the favorites along with the team that we all we each think might be able to make a run. Um, kind of a dark horse, but kind of just really a team outside of, I think we're all in agreement, Drake and Bradley, uh, the two teams that are probably the favorites to uh, win this tournament. Uh, they played in their regular season finale, Bradley got the best of them, I think it was about 12, but Drake beat Bradley by about 25 earlier in the year. So I think they're kind of on a collision course right now on opposite sides of the bracket. Um, do you guys have one that you would pick over the other? Do you think if they meet again, one has the edge? It pains me to say it, but I think Bradley has to be the favorite. Um, that defense is just... By a significant margin. Malavai Leon's on He's defense amazing. Ridiculous. Um, I think... Sixth man of the year, Deshaun Henry, is so much of what that team does is um, kind of his spirit kind of uh, lifts it and really is a big part of um, what they're trying to do. So I think I would significantly put Bradley ahead of Drake um, at this point in the year looking into the conference tournament. Ten straight wins for Bradley, so if they meet again, Bradley's going to be on a 12-game win streak. So, Yeah, I think that, that can be a little worrisome because we talked about it in uh, women's, I believe. Uh, just going in with that momentum and like expecting to carry it for that long is just really hard to do. Of course, you would rather have that than a 10-game losing streak. That's obvious. Um but I, I, to a point, I think they're a tad like Loyola last year in their respect of, like, clearly they're led by their defense, but they still have a top-four offense. Yeah. Now, they don't want to be like Loyola this year because they were 3-13, and 13, not so great. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, in their past eight games, they're only allowing 57 points per game, which I believe is four points below their season average. Uh, so, yeah, just to echo what you guys have been saying, their defense has been incredible, and... When you compare that with an offense that scores uh, a little over 70 a game, I think that's a great recipe. Yeah, I would agree. I think the way Bradley's playing right now, I don't know if there's a team in the conference who can beat them at the moment. I think your best shot is Drake. But, I mean, Southern took them to the end, uh, I believe it was 
two weeks ago, um, a week and a half ago, I think it was, on a Sunday game. Um, ISU took them to overtime earlier this year before losing by 15 at SEFQ. Not saying they're going to play, obviously, because ISU first has to get past Northern Iowa. Um, Belmont beat Bradley twice. Um, a lot of these teams just, it's really hard to tell at this point in the season, but I think I would agree with you guys that Bradley's got to be the team that most people are keeping their eye on and saying they're the favorites to uh, make it to the NCAA tournament. Um, we do want to, like I was saying, talk about a team that we might think outside of those two has the best chance. I'd like to call it a dark horse. My pick, I don't know how much of a dark horse it would be. Uh, I have, I think Belmont, you look at them, the offense that they have, you have uh, MVC first team lock, in my opinion, and Ben Shepard. Um, you have the best three-point shooting team of the conference. I think when they're on, they can beat just about any team, and we've seen that because they swept Bradley in the regular season, who if they beat or if they able to beat the winner of Indiana State Evansville in the second round, um, they'll play the winner of Bradley versus uh, that game one matchup. But Belmont, the way they play basketball, you kind of almost live and die by that three. So if you're on, you're a tough team to beat. But if you're off, especially against a team like Bradley, it's going to be hard for you to get into the rhythm if you're not feeling it early. What about you guys? So I have Missouri State, uh, which is a little bit lower down. Um, they lost Isaiah Mosley and Gage Prim, just despite, like literally their whole offense practically. Um, so they faced SIU uh, in the first round. Uh, don't feel – or no, they faced UIC in the first round. Uh, my bad. They went 2-0 against them. I, I They shouldn't have a problem with them. And then when they move on, they should play Southern, which – I'm a little worried about it. They lost to him by four in the first matchup and then by 20 in the second. But I think those teams are eerily similar just because they're both defensive first teams and they're off. They're just not known for their offense. They're in the bottom uh, half of the league. Um, if they are able to pull out the win against Southern, uh, they move on to play Drake, who they actually uh, were 2-0 and against this year. Granted, both of those wins were by three, but you clearly have a recipe there. Um so, yeah, I, I th- I'm not uber confident, of course, because it, it is a dark horse, but I think it, it, it's a solid bet with their defense. Yeah, um, I have to go with Indiana State as my pick. Um, I, l- I really like the man in the middle, Robbie Avila, um, 6'10 freshman. Um, and then I don't think we got to see him when they came to normal, but uh, – per- I'm not sure. Corvus or Macaulay. Yes, yes. Um, he, um, that's the only game he missed this year, and he's leading the team with 16.4 points per game. Then um, behind him are three uh, double-digit scorers. So um, Cooper Nice, obviously a big, big piece of what they're doing, and then Avila, and then uh, Cameron Henry as well. So they have a lot of guys that can get it done. Um, and they're, I think they're going to be dangerous. Um, I really like your pick of Belmont. Um, I would hate to bet against Ben Shepard and the potential, I mean, the NBA potential he has. It's just amazing. Um, but I think if you're really looking for, um, someone down the listings, I like Missouri State and I like Indiana State as well. Yeah, definitely. It should be a fun time down in St. Louis. I think, obviously, you have Drake and Brandley as your favorites, but... Once March hits, really anything can happen, uh, regardless of what the seeds might say. So that'll be really interesting the next two days. Um, I think we're done talking about Arch Madness. Anything else from you guys? 
All right, we do want to talk about two more things real quick. Uh, first of all, women's basketball. They have two games left. Uh, they play tomorrow night. They travel to Evansville um, before going to staying in Indiana, going to Indiana State um, Saturday. And if they win those two games, they take the regular season title. I believe that's the first time in, we said, 10 years. Yeah, it's 10, 10 years. years. It would be their first, time, or first regular season title in 10 years. An incredible feat because I think you lose Juju Redman and a lot of people – despite what else they were keeping, might have counted this team allowed a little bit, except they were picked to finish second in the conference, I believe, right behind Belmont, who that's the team they got to keep an eye on because if ISU slips up and loses one game, Belmont will uh, overtake that top spot, I believe. So it's this team is really special so far this year. We've seen it from start to finish. We've seen the ability to balance your scoring while Robinson goes has a really big game the next game she might take a slight step back and let Wilson or Compton do it um Wong and Bowman have really stepped up offensively and defensively the past couple weeks and I think we've talked about this off uh set but um I think the biggest worry is your depth a little bit um you have your five starters and you bring off Jada Stinson off the bench you have Hannah Kelly off the bench and Abby Alsma off the bench but with the amount of minutes your starters are getting, you wonder if it catches up to them. So far this year, it doesn't seem like it has. Maybe that Drake game caught up to them just a little bit. But it seems like they're starting to get into a rhythm again. Um, so, I mean, these next two games, I think, uh, will kind of define this team. If you can not let the pressure get to you. I mean, they've never really had a moment like this. They didn't have this last year. They kind of did down the stretch, and you saw the four-game losing streak, but... Can they hold on to this top spot no matter the opponents are playing? I think uh, one way that this team is a little bit different is just because everyone besides Paige, they went through that stretch in Hoops in the Heartland, so they kind of have that. They have that in the back of their head, like, okay, we've done this before. Like, this this isn't, like, that type of pressure. It's a little bit different, of course, because you're trying to win a regular season title. But um, I don't think I'm worried about the moment being too big for them. Um, Wilson has really played great offensively the past two games um and i think we that's huge uh going into hoops in the heartland because it your offense is a little bit easier to uh i wouldn't say figure out uh if you don't have uh a forward uh going in the post but um I, I think the trio right now is in a really good spot. But again, just like with men's, you can't expect them all to all to be on one night. Um, so I, I think trying to forecast who's going to do what is really difficult. I, most nights it will be Paige, but like we saw on senior day, um, took a little bit of a backseat, but I wonder if that's... Maybe she's like saving some energy maybe a little Well, that and also, I mean... I, th- I think we've uh, all have understand like it's Mary's it was Mary's last home yeah. game, and then we don't know what Deanna's is going to do. Maybe that was who knows. Well, it was a straight yeah, mm-hmm. so we don't know. So maybe that played into a little bit. Like let me ha- let uh, I'm going to let those uh, those women have their moment. But yeah, they're in a really good spot right now. It's just Belmont after I'm not going to say looking they looked rough before uh, conference play started, but they of course they've just been blazing outside of that game against. ISU in Belmont. Yeah, Belmont's looked really good this year. I, they've won. It's they've won every game since that, right? I believe yeah, that's they, when they, that they started right after. Yeah, that was their last loss was mm-hmm. when they lost to ISU without Paydrop. Yeah, mind you. Um, since then they haven't lost a game, so they're a scary team. Yeah, I think the key just has to be um, 
like you said about the trio, making sure um, everyone is able to get going. And I'd even add um, Maya Wong into that and Kate Bowman. I mean, they've shown their ability to be offensive threats. And, I mean, all the game planning in the world can't get you ready for if Deanna Wilson picks up two fouls within no. the first yeah. five minutes of a quarter, the first quarter. So, Which I think that's been a big issue a couple games. Exactly. That Missouri State yeah. loss, I think, was where you saw it the most. She is forced out of games due to foul trouble, and then that extra presence in the post doesn't take um, the pressure off of Paige, doesn't take the pressure off Mary, and then the defense is able to focus on them. So... Um, I think the depth is going to be crucial. So if that were to happen, um, I think Hannah Kelly's improvement throughout the year has been um, really big for this team. And I think, um, I mean, Jasmine McGinnis-Taylor, if she's available, um, would be nice. It would be huge um, to have those forwards be able to come in and back up um, and maybe become a little bit more of an offensive threat and, again, take that pressure off the uh, shooters. Yeah, what I'm – I mean, I'm looking at Deanna Wilson and the way she's been playing lately. It makes this so much difficult – or so much more difficult for the other teams because we saw it a little bit against um, Valparaiso and UIC a little bit where when Deanna's feeling it, you kind of have to collapse on her. But that becomes almost impossible to do when you have a 37% three-point shooter, 46 40%. 38 and a half, uh, 56. Those are their guards plus Kate Bowman. That's what they shoot from three so far in conference play this year. Abby Alsma, I don't think we talk about her enough. She's in the limited play that she's gotten. Um, she's only averaging 11 and a half minutes a game. She's been really good. She's a very solid defender. Um, like I said, 15 of 27 from beyond the arc. Really solid. Um, you'd like to see some of those maybe freshman mistakes that we see every once in a while limited a little bit, but you see that all the time with these uh, younger players. But the way these guards are playing, the way that they're able to shoot from Robinson, Crompton, Wong, Alzma, even Stinson lately has played really well off the bench, it makes guarding Deanna Wilson that much harder because you have to decide, do you want to let Deanna Wilson eat you alive inside with pretty much a guaranteed two points every possession if you're leaving your one-on-one, or do you want to let them try to shoot you out of the gym, which the Redbirds have been able to do lately? That's why I think, and we talked about, I believe, last week or so, Drake and uh, Missouri State really scare me because those two games, I believe she Dan Wilson got in foul trouble. And, I mean, Deshaun or Igaskin's huge on defense. Like, we know that. It's just offensively not... I not say, she's gotten better. No, she's made improvements. Not, she's impressed me. Yeah, but, I mean, th- there's just no way of replacing that, of course. Oh, yeah, and But, like, I, I don't... Even with Jasmine, like, last year, she really wasn't known for that. It was more of her defense as well. Of course, she'd get a couple uh, offensive rebounds and putbacks. But, yeah, I, I I really do think the key is, like you said, Reed, just Deanna Wilson not getting in foul trouble. Granted, I mean, when you have the bigs that Missouri State and Drake have, it's pretty impossible to not. Um, it's just staying disciplined. And also, how are the refs calling the game? Are they going to let him play? Um, but those would be the two opponents that I think would give them the biggest worries. So, Deanna Wilson has fouled out, I'm looking now. So, she's fouled out in one, two, three, four, five, six games this year. They've won the game against UIC by 11. Um, she was still able to play 24 minutes in that game. Um, they won the game against UC San Diego. 
Um, she was only able to play 18 minutes in that game. Other than that, you have the loss to UNI, uh, January 1st. She only played 22 minutes. She only got five shots up in a when she fouled out. Um, you had the game against UIC in Chicago, a much closer game than maybe it could have been if Deanna Wilson was able to play. Granted, she had 26 minutes. Uh, she still was able to produce regardless. And then you have the Missouri State and the Drake losses where she fouled out in both of those. So when Deanna Wilson's not on the floor, it becomes a completely different team. You need her to be able to find a way to stay out of foul trouble. And that's why I'm wondering if you almost... If you're cautious, if you're Gillespie, about what you're doing with Wilson, or maybe you, she had a shorter leash in turn, but then again, you don't want to take her off the court, like I just said, so it's really hard to handle. I think it really comes down to just who they're playing. Like, yeah. if you don't need that inside presence for maybe to get Robinson, Crompton, and Maya uh, those shots. What then, about a team like Missouri State? Then I, you have to. You have to have another presence down there, I think, because what they have, Promise Taylor, they yeah, have. Triple double with blocks the other night. Yeah, um. I mean, Bowman's great, but she can't do it alone. Yeah. Like, it, it's just really hard. And that's another thing. Bowman was in foul trouble, I believe, against Missouri State, too, wasn't she? I think so. I know yeah, one, Kelly got yeah. a lot more minutes than she had seen a lot this season. Um, but, yeah, Deshaun Wright Gaskins got that Missouri State game was one of her better games this season. But it's just a matter of can they stay on the court. And I think that's going to be a key for this team. Um, I think that's it for women's basketball. Anything else from you guys? Uh, last thing we want to talk about... Um, Track and field, we talk about them every week, the success that they're able to have. Uh, the biggest of success this past week, the women's team took first at the indoor MVC Indoor Championships. Uh, men got runner-up. Um, just what a week for them across the board. Jeff Bovey, we can't say enough about him. His 12th Coach of the Year award, which is just ridiculous to me that he's able to do that. But from top to bottom, this team has been incredible in the indoor season. I fully expect them to carry that over to the outdoor season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I feel like just that program is so consistent, and um, they're really, I would say they're what every other team in the Missouri Valley looks to model. I just want to shout out the um, uh, event winners, um, Brandon Ratliff, 60-meter hurdles, Majoy Williams, women's shot put, and Amiri Buchanan, the uh, men's shot put winner. So those three athletes are just... Um, standing out but obviously you don't get that title um if you're the woman and you don't get that title the second place title if you're the men without um all the point scorers i mean there was an outstanding performance across the board even those that couldn't find the podium were getting points at the fifth place fourth place so um really impressive job by this team really strong outing um and even before outdoor i'm looking forward to see who's able to um compete well in Albuquerque, New Mexico with the um, NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships. Yeah, definitely. 17 podium finishes is really impressive for the Redbirds. To in addition to the relays, so 20 yep. total if you count those. Yep, 20, yep. So, really, really incredible weekend this past weekend. Um, they have some time off uh, this weekend. They'll be back next weekend for that, uh, the NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships, like you said, but... Just, I don't think enough can be said about what this team has been able to do this season. It's really, really impressive. Um, I think that's it. Uh, anything else from you guys? All right, Baseball so... versus Arkansas tonight, number three. Yeah, they were able to pull it off last year when they played them the first game. See if they can do it again this year. Um, 
obviously a big weekend ahead of us with uh, the NCAA or with the MVC tournament. Uh, make sure to follow our Twitter accounts at the underscore Vedette and at Biddy underscore Sports for all the live updates and coverages of the action. And uh, we will see you guys next week.